Hello and welcome to Sumo Manichi. It is day two of Natsu Basho. I am Amy and I'm here in Melbourne, Australia with Dave. How are you enjoying the sumo so far? Oh, I'm absolutely loving it, to be yes. honest. Yeah. Uh, we got to sit down and watch the full two-hour coverage tonight. Yeah, it's great to have sumo back in our lives. And I'll tell you what, uh, the sumo's tapping me on the shoulder and saying, Look what I've got to offer, and I'm liking it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some great sumo today that will take you through some of the highlights. Before we kick off into day, to today's action, though, uh, we're going to bring you a brief curry report. Yeah, so when we were in Osaka um, in March, we bought two of the uh, curry packs, I guess you'd call them, from uh, the Osaka Prefectural Gymnasium. We've tried to get these before, so we got... Our, our man on the ground, uh, Rob, to <laughs> um, send us over some, but they never arrived because it was kind of like just post-pandemic Australia post. Hang on. We know that Rob ate the curry. Oh, you he ate never the curry, Rob. We know, on. Rob. You can be straight with us. Uh, but we picked up two of the souvenir curries from the uh, Sumo merch shop in Osaka, one of which was the Kidnafuji curry and the other one was the Kokugikan curry. Mm. So we both had those tonight. So uh, you went with the Kidnafuji curry. So give us a quick report on that. Yeah, well, the way that these work is if you haven't had them before is that you cook up a whole lot of rice. That's fine. Did that separately in the rice cooker. And then you put the... Uh, it's like a pouch. Curry pouch into boiling water. It heats it up. It's got... Like mostly potatoes. <laughs> Often they have potatoes and carrots. It's mostly potatoes with a little bit of, well, it's mostly sauce. Curry. Curry, curry sauce. sauce, yeah. A few potatoes, a few little bits of meat style yeah. substance. May contain traces of meat. Yeah, I so you heat it up thing. until it's hot, then you put it on your rice. Uh, and I have to say that the Kitnafuji, which was marked by a, a cool picture of him on the front, which I'll put on our Instagram, was uh, had a great depth of flavour to the curry. It was delicious. I loved it. Bit of back of the throat heat. So, you know, it just kind of maintained you through the whole meal. You're a little bit like, oh, this is a bit spicy. Well, it's interesting because on the front of the box, it's got Kid Fuji's endorsement and him talking about how it's just a little bit spicy. Okay. So it wasn't too hot, right? It wasn't too hot. No, nothing like that. I remember once watching a YouTube video of him when I think – it must have been when they first brought out yeah. maybe his version of the curry. He went into the, one of those big industrial kitchens and was chopping up potatoes and carrots and putting them in. Yeah, I don't know how legit that was. Was this the actual development process for the curry? That... Well, I like to think he was making the curry that I just had tonight. <laughs> so he, in one go, in one go, in one YouTube yeah. video, he made enough for like, I don't know, 50, 100 pouches, and then yeah. they're just the ones that they've been selling out. One of those was the ones that I had tonight. Yeah, so in contrast, I had the Kokugikan yep. curry, and yeah, I would say this was this was quite a light curry in terms of, was certainly wasn't as full-bodied as the Kitnafuji number, but I, I would say it's probably a midweek curry. 
Yeah, you could have it every night. You right? could have it every night, exactly. And you said when you lived in Japan, you had these quite often. They still... Yeah, so I mean, you can buy these pouches of curry for about 150 yen. So it's yeah. a very, very cheap dinner, just over rice. I mean, I'm sure it has none of the nutrients that you need to stay healthy. Uh, but it's a very quick and delicious meal. And so, better than the block ones, you said as well. Oh, so, so I think that if you live uh, overseas or outside of Japan, as we call it, um, and you go to Japanese grocers, they often have the block curry, which is um, this kind of waxy... Like a paste, but well, like it's pushed hard together block. into a square. Yeah, that you then you know kind of melt in with the uh, onions and vegetables and stuff. Uh, this is the superior way to enjoy curry, <laughs> straight from the hot pouch. Uh, I'd be pairing probably with the uh, kokugikan curry, probably like a robust craft beer. Yeah, yeah. Probably to balance out some of the body that's missing. Whereas the, uh, I think the uh, Kitna Fuji curry would match well with like a Riesling or a, <laughs> yeah. or a light, well, something to contrast Carlton against draft. the, or Carlton Draft would be good or a Japanese lager, something that works in harmony with that full body. Yeah. Well, because I was kind enough to share some of my kit, Kitna Fuji curry with you and you, you did taste, you did comment that the taste was a little bit more, a little bit um Fuller body, perhaps. yeah, absolutely. And I, I think if I was to choose again, the Kitna Fuji wins hands down. Yeah. So I don't know how many he made of those when he was in the kitchen. Hopefully, there's a few more available. But if you're at uh, the Kokugikan this time around, and it seems like there, there's a lot of people, well, <laughs> a lot if that's going yeah, this time around, if anyone could pick up a pouch or two for us, or if you're yeah, you're lucky enough to live in Japan or you're uh, Japanese yourself, then just head to. Kokugikan, get us a couple of Kitna Fuji pouches. Mm. It does bring up um, the news that I did hear about Kitna Fuji. So we've noticed that for the last couple of days he hasn't been on the NHK broadcast and that's because he's taken a leave of absence. Um, he's 81 years old. We know that last time in March he went into hospital for yeah, a while. hasn't been well. Hasn't been well. Um, he lost a lot of weight, it came out, and, you know, I'm not sure how he's going, but everyone was looking forward to him being back um, at NHK. He started commentating in 1998. Wow. So everyone was really looking forward to him being back, but the news has come out that he won't be, and nor will he be writing his columns in uh, Chunichi Sports, which everyone loves reading. Yeah, I mean, he he's very much the voice of sumo and brings that kind of cranky old man perspective that yeah. you don't get enough yeah, in he's sumo. Quite, he's honest and he'll oh. always kind of say it how it is. He's like, you're going badly, mate. I, I'm sure if there was an equivalent word to whippersnapper in Japanese, he'd be using that word. Yeah. yeah. Well, his role at the moment has been taken over by Hakuho. We just saw him put out um, an article about yesterday's sumo and he was a little bit harsh on Maybe not harsh, but he commented on Terana Fuji, didn't he? Yeah, he said that Terana Fuji didn't really put in much effort. And he also uh, noted that he that Terana Fuji's gait was sloppy. Sloppy. So in that uh, him walking back to accept the victory, the gait looked all over the place. Hakuho saw it. Um, and Hakuho believes that's because the knees aren't completely right. Lots mm. of evidence to suggest that's the case. He commented that when he had his knee surgery, always likes to reorient it back to himself, that he was out for longer. He stayed out for longer and um, let himself recover more. And although he's not commenting on Terunofuji's 
timing or recovery, well, which he not explicitly is. <laughs> he is, yeah. Uh, you know, he, he wonders whether he's let his knees recover enough. So Huckahole quite happily taking over the mantle of grumpy commentator. Well, he's got it coming up in his uh, future. Uh, on behalf of Sumo Mainichi Kidnafuji, we wish you a speedy yep. recovery yep. and we hope to see you back being cranky in the box and in the columns of your local Japanese newspaper very, very soon. Uh, let's move on to the sumo that we saw today uh, in the top division. Mitoru, early on, uh, continued his dominance over Oho. It was actually you that pointed this out. Mitoru extended his dominance to 8-0 and zero over their history. It's quite extraordinary. It's so odd because most of this has been in... Well, half of this has been in Juria. Half Jury, of it. And half of it in... Maguchi. Yeah. It it's just like I mean they're a they're a kind of similar size, both big guys. Mitoru, he's not, you know, amazingly different with his sumo. He doesn't move in a different way, he just kind of tries to come forward and push his opponent out. So I'm not sure what the the thing is with Oho and why Oho just hasn't been able to find a win. I guess I'd extend it to Oho in general, why yes. he seems to lose these kind of matches. He looks um pretty shonky <laughs> mm. so far if we're using that word it just doesn't look motivated does he oh and and yeah to come up against Mitorio and lose again yeah pretty crazy. I, I i think he needs a dose of uh a couple of basho and jurio just to reorient reset uh and get his mind ready for what it takes to do 15 days at the top division well, the crowd loved seeing Asuniyama come out today against Myogiryu. I thought Myogiryu here offered some resistance, yeah. but wow, Asuniyama, he's just so clinical in his execution. Yeah. Even when things are a little, you know, dynamic, he is just the calm center of sumo at the moment. Absolutely. And just again, I know I say it every time, but just so popular. All of the banners out. I mean, this... This was an interesting matchup. I thought maybe Miyogiryu would be able to put up a bit more resistance. Certainly, you know, they're both so muscly and just really went for it. And you could tell there was a lot of strength involved Absolutely. in this bout. Um, but Asaniyama made it look easy. And I think that's one of the traits of his comeback so far is that he is coming up against some guys that he fought a lot of times before who might have presented a problem perhaps occasionally in the past and he's just running straight over them. I mean, he certainly is. Uh, look, I'm often one to get behind the idea of let, let's let the sumo do the talking. Yeah. When we see it, we'll know. Yeah. No point in getting ahead of ourselves. After this win today, I thought, Asuniyama Yusho. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. a bit ahead of yourself. Well, I got ahead of myself and I didn't like it. I shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> but I have to acknowledge and own and stand in the power of that truth. Oh, yeah. Which is that I look at Asuniyama and I just think, look, okay, it was Miyogiryu today, but just there's something just ice cold about his technique at the moment. He looks so, so good. I went back and had a look at Asuniyama's form leading up to that suspension. This guy is very, very unfamiliar with the black dot. Uh, let's go back. 2019 September, 10 wins. November, 11. We move into 2020, 10 wins. March, 11 wins. Uh, July, 12 wins. That was Junior moving show. to Ozeki, yeah. He moved to Ozeki there. Uh, second basho at Ozeki, 10 wins. Now, here he was injured. Then he came back to a new show, 11 wins. 
uh, we're up to 2021 March now, 10 wins. 2021 May was when the scandal broke about him breaking uh, COVID lockdowns. And obviously his mind was somewhere else. Every other basho, though, where he wasn't injured, double-digit wins. Yeah, it's funny because I've been casting my mind back a bit to that. And the it's funny how your, your goals reset in sumo and, you know, you're forced to think about it in a different way. Because I remember at that time, everyone was kind of disappointed because he wasn't making it to Yokozuna, right? It was that he was just losing those few here well, and there. Yeah, it's true. And like, I guess looking at a 10-5 there, in context, you could say that's disappointing. He was a you show away from promotion, really, uh, before the, the scandal broke out. Uh, so I, I think we're going to see him do very, very well over these 15 days. But again, I'm going to pull myself back. Let's let the sumo do the talking. I'm going to get back in my box and we're going to tell you about uh, Dai Shoho and Aoyama. This was a, a very, very fast and I'd say uncharacteristic touchy eye yeah. from Dai Shoho. He absolutely blasted out of the touchy eye. Yeah, huge grunt, big slapping of bodies together. He looked really positive here. It didn't he? Dai Shoho's a big ricochet, but the speed he generated uh, towards Aoyama was phenomenal. Aoyama, though. Cool as you like, steps aside, guides Dai Shoho down. Now, this was a beautiful moment because Dai Shoho knew he did good sumo here today. Sumo can be such a cruel mistress, and he knew it. He had that wry smile, that look towards the top of the Kokuki Khan to say, what more do I need to do to beat? Some would say a rikishi past his prime. <laughs> Maybe. And there, there was a magic moment as Dai Shoho went down the Hanamichi and ran into old mate Kaisei. Yeah, well, we, we were just commenting that I guess you're always on the lookout for a bit of, you know, a bit of personality from different rikishi. And I haven't necessarily seen a whole lot from Dai Shoho. And to see that acknowledgement of, oh, God, I was so close. Yeah. And I, I feel yeah. like I did really good sumo here and didn't quite achieve the win. And um, we actually said at the time, you know, that was two big guys coming together. And as he started walking down the Hanamichi, he saw Kaisei. And you said, oh, there's another big guy. I wonder if he's got any words of wisdom for him. And actually, Daishoho did look over to Kaisei. And Kaisei said something. I would have loved to well, be able to someone, on the wall there. Someone walked in front of the camera angle on the mm. NHK coverage mm. at that time. So he couldn't quite see what was going on there. But yeah, look, uh, yeah, as you said, like it was great to see Dai Shoho show a bit of humanity there. Sumo's a funny old game and yeah. tonight he's, he's, like, he's, he's laughing. Yeah, he's like, good touchy eye, you know, shame you didn't get the follow through or something like that. But a couple of big guys just talking about sumo. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Now, Takara Fuji yes. managed to overcome Hokuseho. Yes. How did you see this one? I mean, this was a very quick bout. It was. I didn't necessarily see it um, going this way. We saw um, Hokuseho with a win yesterday on day one against Daishoho. Mm. So um, he was able to, you know, get the, the big guy again uh, with his slow style of sumo and by standing up to him and eventually sort of forcing him out. I'm always looking for the key to a win against Hokuseho. And I wondered today whether it wasn't perfect timing by Takara Fuji. He didn't, he got Hokuseho off balance at the touchy eye and then he didn't let him find that balance. And he just pushed forward at the perfect moment to take Hokuseho over the bales before he could get that. Because once he's tall and 
standing there and solid and with his weight sort of dropped down. He's so hard to move. But Takarafuji just got him on the back foot. He certainly did. And this I think this was very reminiscent of Day Shawhall beating Hokuseho back in March, where it wasn't it wasn't just speed, it wasn't just power. I think you're exactly right. It was finding some way in between the cadence of Hokuseho's sumo, that timing. The window opens for a very brief moment. Takarafuji managed to step inside at that time. And just as Hokuseho might have found his feet, Takarafuji attacked again. Yeah. And, I mean, Hokuseho gave him a big slap on the back to try to do something at the end. But yeah, was that out of frustration? Him, probably, or, yeah, I don't know. Probably. But there's such a balance between standing upright. Usually in sumo, standing up is Bad. a problem. Yeah. yeah. We've, we've talked, I mean, not necessarily us, but a lot of people have talked about short eye standing to upright and that being a problem you know you as as soon as you're up people can push you backwards well, but with Seho, he's naturally tall so he he finds a way to get set while he's standing tall but if you can get that moment when he is moving a little bit backwards or or with his legs a little bit tangled which is what i think happened today i don't know the angles were all right Takarafuji, the businessman, he'd got his protractor out of the briefcase today and he, he you know, made those calculations perfectly. And well, I, I, I love that win. I think he got his stopwatch out as well. Yeah. It wasn't just angles. It was yeah. when when they were applied. Down to the millisecond. Down to the millisecond. <laughs> he loves being precise, Takarafuji. I don't know. I always love seeing a Hokuseho win, but that's probably just me. Uh, sorry, Hokuseho loss. Probably just me. Uh, Fuji came up against... Mitakumi. And one of the reasons we wanted to mention this one was just because there's a lot of new kids in sumo at the moment, a lot of um, new meetings, a lot of people who faced each other two or three times. But Hokuto Fuji and Mitakumi, did I say Hokuseho before? No, well, I mean, you were talking about Hokuseho. Hokuto Fuji and Mitakumi, they're 12-14 in their rivalry. Yeah, so the first time they met was back in January 2017. Uh, when Hokuto Fuji was at Maegashira 8 and Mitakumi was at Maegashira 1, I really feel, t- to me, they came up together and it was interesting to see how their trajectories went different ways. So much history between these two, back and forth with the wins. Uh, have you said their record against each other? 12-14. Yeah, 12-14 before today. So we knew we were in for a treat. This bout did not disappoint. Uh, initially... Well, I felt something awoke in Mitakumi. Yeah. I, I felt that this rivalry... Because of the rivalry, I reckon. Yeah, there's something there. They didn't want to lose. There's a sense of pride. <laughs> uh, Mitakumi attacked hard at the touchy eye, but it was Hokuto Fuji who won out the opening, and he managed to drive Mitakumi back over the bales. But this one was very close. Uh, from memory, it was given to Hokuto Fuji, but there was a monoe called. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really close. But I just loved seeing that drive in Mitakumi. You see him approach his bouts these days in a real variety of uh, ways. But today he definitely wanted to win. We thought it might have been called uh, still to Hokuto Fuji, but it was actually called a Torinaoshi, which is great because you get more sumo. Well, it was great. I think I, I felt they could have given this to Hokuto Fuji and just called it done, but... You know what the Gyoji are like? They get up there on the doyo. They want to see some more sumo. Let's make it definitive. The redo. I'm going to call this a modern day classic. This was <laughs> yeah. great back and forth sumo from two old friends. Uh, Mitakumi pulled early. And I thought, 
Uh-oh. Well, this is the end. Hogan Fuji, as you would expect, he pounced here. Uh, but Mitakumi just kept himself in it. We saw Hokuto Fuji dance very uh, deftly across the Tawara, but Mitakumi, in the end, was uh, able to crush Hokuto Fuji down to the doyo, thrilling the Tokyo crowd. This was great sumo. It was, it was. And the crowd did fire up uh, about this one, especially about Mitakumi. I mean, you, you realise when he wins or when, when he wins a close one or when he wins a big one, how many fans he still has. He is still a super, super popular yeah. ricochet. Well, he's capable of amazing sumo still. And, and if it takes Hokuto Fuji to draw that out, so be it. I think they should fight each other every day yeah. for the 15 days. Yeah. <laughs> I've written a letter. Oh, I've drafted it. Yeah. I want you to look over it before I send it. Yeah. I think it's a simple premise. It's give the people what they want. We'll include a badge with that and... Uh, the badge is going to pay a lot more money. We do have, we do have Sumo Mainichi special enamel badges that you can order from our, or pins, uh, from our Bandcamp site. You can't post them as a letter. Let's just say that we're taking an absolute bath on the postage costs. (laughs) Hey, but we want to get the pins out there. Please order one. What did you say? Bandcamp? Yeah. We're selling them on Bandcamp because... They're musicians and that's we're how also, we know where to sell stuff. We're, we are also toying with the idea of uh, pressing our very first episode to vinyl <laughs> and selling vinyl via Bandcamp as well. We'll do each so, <laughs> podcast episode on vinyl. No, we'll just do one. We'll do it on gold vinyl. God, hang on. And we'll hang auction on, it off. Hang on. I don't know if you've pressed vinyl recently. It's very, very expensive. What's our best episode that we can no, put well, on vinyl? Episode number one is the best episode. Number one. Um, I think we lost a few episodes at the start because we had to move podcast oh, providers. No, I think all. those first ones are, oh, you've got, I've them, got all. them all. Okay. Yep. I think we were recording them to cassette tape. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the originals though. Anyway, let's move on to Sanyaku. Oh, yes. Shodai. Yes. Nishiki Fuji, a.k.a. stand-in brother for Wakataka Kage. This was a pretty intense bout. They both fell together across the Tuara in that, well, that very uh, hot corner of the yeah. doyo. That, let's call it the... Hot corner of the northeast, doyo. Northeast, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. believe. Yeah. The northeast corner. We saw a lot of action, a lot of uh, Shimpan getting absolutely crushed. Yeah, Naruto, Naruto got, a, got um, crushed. a real crush. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a Torinal. She, this was a really, really close call. I think Shodai was pretty lucky. He was falling down. I wondered whether the dead man rule applied there. And then I said to myself, I don't know what the dead man rule is. And <laughs> if someone, does. if someone says they know what it means, I know they're lying oh, to yeah. me. Oh yeah. That's, that's how you can tell. That's the lie detector. Yeah. For criminals. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> oh, where were you on that? What's your name? Yep. They ask you the control questions. You know, how many brothers and sisters do you have? Yep. Tell me about the dead man <laughs> rule in sumo. And they're like, oh, I know about that one. And they're like, like, this guy's, a, he's, yeah, he's done it. Anyway, uh, so Monoe, a Torinao Oshi was called. Uh, when they went again, they flung each other all around the ring. This was looking good. Uh, Ushore in the end, though, who managed to take Nishiki Fuji. Well, he forced his position. He forced Nishiki Fuji to step out. Uh you picked this up, though, on the replay. Massive hair pull. Oh, yeah, from Nishiki Fuji, yeah. which is why it wasn't mentioned at all and didn't become a, a thing. But as um, Shodai was moving Nishiki Fuji... Uh, so Nishiki Fuji was moving Shodai... Uh, anyway, Shodai was trying to pull or push 
Nishiki Fuji was trying to pull or push Short Eye down, and he had his hands locked in Short Eye's head. Uh, I, well, I think, I think what to... I think what you mean to say yeah, yeah, yeah. is that Short Eye was forcing Nishiki Fuji to the Tawara. Yep. Nishiki Fuji, in stepping back, tried to pull Short Eye around. Yes, but got like I wouldn't now even say. Now it's clear in my head. This wasn't even. Because sometimes you see hair pulls and you're like, well, it's a natural thing, scraping the fingers along the uh, along the head and the hair just gets involved. Yeah. Gets right up in the knucks or the yep. knuckles, yep. as we call it. Um, but this seemed like a very, very deliberate hair pull. Regardless of the fact he stepped out, this this felt like, like bad sportsmanship almost. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it just got so tangled in there. There was no well, actual grabbed, grabbed way. Grabbed the yeah, he did. Uh, but then he dug in even yeah, further. Yeah, this was no good. It was like burying your hand in, in sand, you know. It was just right in there. And it, it wasn't pulled up at all, obviously, because he was the loser. But, yeah, it wasn't wasn't that lovely. Obviously, when Short Eye does something of such huge import, I turn to the good book to see what wisdom uh, might be there to help me understand what went on there. And I didn't have to look too much further. I mean, I went straight to Psalms. Oh. Yeah, but I had to go all the way to, is it chapter 111, sub-chapter 9? No, what's it? it's not sub-chapter. Oh, verse, what is verse, it? You verse. Know, yep, and verse. then sub-verse 9? No, no sub-verse. Hang on, okay. 111.9. Yeah, and then that 9 is just a repetition of the 9 before. So it's, it's chapter oh, yeah, but what 111, it? verse 9. Okay, chapter 111, verse 9. I don't think this is... Comp- it's about second chances, I think, and about redemption, which we definitely saw from Shot Eye tonight. He provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. And I, I read that and I thought, Shot Eye is an awesome name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, not directly relevant, but you don't see the word awesome pop up so much in the Bible from my no, very limited true. reading. Holy and awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, the... The reason they say awesome in the Bible is because it insto- uh, inspires awe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the true well, meaning of awesome. Like some, today we're just like. Some awe, not all of the awe. Oh, yeah. awesome, awesome. <laughs> is that how it works? Oh, no. Not I sure. Thought of anyway. that. No, short eye for me, his people. Yeah, exactly. With him, whom yep. he has the covenant. Sure me, does. That's me. Sure does. Sh- sure dies. Sure dies <laughs> sure have a covenant with me <laughs> oh okay um, let's i think we move quickly he on from is there. awful <laughs> all right moving right along to other sanyaku matchups. if awesome is some or awful should be full of awe okay move it so <laughs> I, I feel this is a good time to talk about our patreon where we're going to do a full <laughs> two-hour breakdown of the word awesome and awful in relation to short sumo <laughs> career. So jump on and support that and get access to these very rare episodes that will maybe pressing the vinyl at some point. Uh, Kiribayama and Endo had a 3-3 record coming in, but it was an easy uh, win for Kiribayama. A little bit of flair at the end of this one. Oh, yeah. You know when you push someone off the doyo and you do slam dunk hands, like you've just put it in the basket. See, I don't think they're slam dunk hands. I think you mean like a three-point three hand. Three-point hands. Yeah. Well, it's like the wrist is like flicked all the way over. I guess if you do a good dunk, you also like hands go down. But what I'm thinking of now, oh, yeah, hang on the ring. Who did yeah. the big double hand? Oh, that was Ura, the big double oh, hand. Oh, yes. 
And that was that was interesting because Kiribayama's today was up in the air, like yeah. he had done the one hand yeah. three pointer. Yeah. But Ura's was like mid range, yeah. two hands. That was cool. Lot of uh, showmanship there on display. Kiribayama moving to two zero. I think. I think he won yesterday yep. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Haru was, was up against Toby Zaru and Wakamoto Haru. This was uh, very effective sumo today. Honest, if you will, just moved uh, moved very smoothly forward after the touchy eye and sent Toby Zaru flying backwards. Very strong from Wakamoto Haru here, and he just looks so set. He looks. Serious. Uh, he's, you know, his body looks great. His sumo looks great. He's just absolutely the definition this time around of showing up. I know it's only been two days, and I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. Hey, look, as well. Give yourself a little treat. I gave myself a little treat with Asanayama. Yeah. Just for a minute, get ahead of yourself. Yeah, Yokozuna. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I love oh, it. All right, I won't think about that. I okay. won't think about that. I'll say that again. Yep. But Wakamoto Haru looking fantastic. We got to see his brother, the third brother, Wakatakamoto, is now his Tsukebito. So I believe he used to be Wakatakakage's um, and now he is helping out the one remaining brother, or the second remaining brother. And um, yeah. Can I just give a quick shout out to Wakatakamoto? Like you can. Being the eldest brother of yeah. now two champion Rikishi. <laughs> I'm the eldest brother. I only have one younger brother, but if he, uh, I don't know if Luke listens, but um, <laughs> shout out if he if he asked me to be his tukebito, I'd say absolutely I would <laughs> not do that. Yeah. I'm the older brother. Yeah, for all of time. Yeah, yeah. That's you got to be my tukebito in Makushta. <laughs> <laughs> you got to show up before your bow. Yeah. Hand me my my pillow. Hand me my yeah towel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Wakatakamoto, he, you know, he's going to be in that position, I guess, for most of the rest of his career. I well, mean, he's still in. He's still in. Well, okay, no. His, his time might come. No, get ahead of yourself. Let's let's get on the <laughs> Wakatakamoto. Let's get on the Wakatakamoto bandwagon right now. Yeah. All of us together, we can do it. Yeah. Uh, Daesho and Ura. Wow, this was another powerful display from Daesho. Great mix of power and control as he just drove Ura back and over the Tawara. Straight to the neck. Straight to the neck. Damn, I got a little bit of my s ahead of myself again here. I'm like, <laughs> this looks like Daesho Yusho Sumo. Oh, I mean, this is the joy of this well, look, Basho, to be honest. This this Sanyaku is strong. Well, yeah. The Sekiwake are looking fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Let's and take Shodo. it. Let's... Uh, <laughs> He's his honorary Sekiwake. Uh, <laughs> let's take us to the final Sekiwake. Yeah, now. so it was Midori Fuji and Hoshoryu. We were talking before this about Hoshoryu having that uh, day one Fusen show. Like, is it a problem that on day one, all you want to do, surely, you've been training for ages, you've been absolutely getting in the mindset for it, and then all of a sudden on the morning of the day, you find out that your opponent has gone Kujo. And so... You don't have to fight that day. Like, I, I don't know. I, I felt like it could be a, a tricky thing psychologically. Um, Hoshoryu is someone who loves being competitive, who loves fighting. I mean, I get that that feeling about him anyway. So we wondered whether this might be a detriment to him today, but it uh, didn't end up being. And it was actually a really, really good bout. They looked very, very even here. Yeah. I, I was, look, 
Hoshoria came out of the touchy eye red hot. Midori Fuji somehow found a way to resist this, which I think this was his win right here. They did lock up on the belt, but it felt subtly that Hoshoryu was in the driver's seat. He had his hands on the wheel, and it was really uh, up to Midori Fuji to try to find a way out of this. Uh, eventually, they broke. Midori Fuji charged. Hoshoryu coolly was able to uh, direct Midori Fuji down and out. I think this is a great way for Hoshoryu to open. That gives us four full Sekiwake wins. Yep. So day one, four Sekiwake wins, but Hoshori was the Fisensho. Today, everyone backed it up and the Sekiwake just looking so freaking it's, strong. It's so funny in sumo how, you know, within I feel like a three or four month period, there can be like, oh, we've got no Ozeki. What's the future of sumo? <laughs> and now suddenly we're here in May going, oh, there are four Rikishi who are legitimate Ozeki hopefuls. Yeah. It's a funny old game. We always say that. It is. Midori Fuji, as you said, his win in inverted commas came from withstanding that initial touchy eye. We're not seeing bad sumo from him, but this does end up being, this is seven losses in a row for him now carrying on from last Basho. And it's just an interesting one because he looked so great and was in the, you know, running three quarters of the way through for the Yusho and then just... Lost it. Lost that five in a row. Without going back to Sumo DB right now, I imagine that those wins, sorry, those losses at the end came from him fighting up. Yeah, definitely. So I think with Midori Fuji, there's a, there's a clear, he's not quite mm. competitive enough against the Sanyaku yet. I think he's yeah. a very, very strong and interesting competitive upper Maegashira Rikishi. But yeah, we saw the difference today. We saw the class that Hoshoryu has. Uh, let's move on to the Takakesho and Kodna Walkabout. Well, there was a Mata to start off with. And Takakesho, we noticed that yesterday he doesn't always put his hands down. And he didn't again today. And it was called very strongly by the uh, judge closest yeah, to the camera. He got he got a, a bit of a dressing down yeah. about putting the hands down. For me, I'm not interested in this. Well, you can't touch. You can't reach well, the ground. Well, like, it's no joke. And I'm not joking to say that his arms are a little shorter than most. Yeah. I think it's unfair to uh, need him to touch the doyo. I think a gesture is enough for, yeah. for Takakesho. We <laughs> saw him waft. go. Yeah, no. Like I, in all seriousness, I think that that's fine. Like it shows. What's well, not the rules though? That's the tricky part. Oh, the rules! So many people don't touch. <laughs> yeah, touching's optional. It's about the the gesture. <laughs> right. And he did that the second time. Although he did actually, I feel like he put it in an extra effort to actually touch the doyo. Yeah, here. I have to balance forward. Um, this bout was very interesting to watch. Takakesho was denied space by Kodnawaka. Did we even say that Kodnawaka was his opponent no, today? We may not. Sure, there was some other guy called Kodnawaka. But Kodnawaka did an amazing job getting in close, going body to body. And once you shut that off, once you deny that space from Takakesho, you're suddenly on the belt. And uh, it was all Kodnawaka from here. Takakesho had to step back. Yeah, he couldn't get away from Kodnawaka. He tried to push him back, but he got he got him back a couple of steps. Couldn't push him any further. Tried to get him from the side. Couldn't do that. Tried to get away. Couldn't do that. Uh, as soon as you you get body to body with Takakesho, it's very diffi difficult for him to do anything about it. Lots of talk about the heavy strapping on Takakesho's knees. Yep. And I think there were a couple of moments where you thought, you know, maybe if he could generate some power from downstairs, he might be able to force Kodnawaka back, yeah. create that space for himself. He couldn't do that. And uh, 
Karuban Ozeki Takakesho is one and one. Yep, yep. Wonder what's going to happen with him. Abi versus Ternafuji was the final bout of the day. Heaps of hype for this one, I would say, in that they've had a very back and forth record recently. So Abi uh, beat Ternafuji, has beaten Ternafuji a couple of times recently. Mm. Um, once before, once since. Before. Uh, before. Oh, oh, both both before he yep. um, he was injured because this all was times his first one back. But quite a few times. Yeah, all times as with Terunofuji as Yokozuna. Yes. So Abi knows how to, how, to, how to win against the big man. Yes, but he slipped. He slipped really quickly. Yeah, this was... His legs didn't come forward. Uh, We're not sure exactly what happened because they didn't show a replay. And as Terunofuji went out, he went to the iPad and he went to watch the replay and uh, they just finished the coverage instead. So I'm not sure even Terunofuji got well, to see his is, replay. This is... <laughs> what do you mean? So that he sees the NHK news on the iPad? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, they're not showing a replay once the coverage has finished, Well, are they? it depends. I, I think that this is the sumo giveth, sumo takeaway. So we had two Torinalshis today. Yeah. So that would have pushed the uh, broadcast time right up to that six o'clock. So... Look, we'll just go on the one time that we saw it. It just seemed that Abi pushed forward a little hard, left his feet behind. The next step, he slipped and he was down. But a second day where Terunofuji didn't really need to show a lot of sumo to get the win. Yeah, he certainly didn't have to push forward um, either day, which is, yeah, it's interesting to see once what will happen once he gets to a challenge. But I would have loved to see a little bit more from this bout. Um, yeah, not sure quite what went wrong. Well, thank you for joining us for our day two coverage. Uh, we're Sumo Mainichi. Uh, I don't think we need to say anything more than that apart from we'll see you tomorrow for day three. See you then. Bye. Bye.